Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson, and today I want to talk about some common ways we get seeker sensitivity wrong. Our church worship gatherings ought to be welcoming and comprehensible to unbelievers who are present, of course, but many churches actually structure the entire worship service around them. There's really no biblical precedent for this, and furthermore, it's not the most effective way for your church to reach lost people. If your church orients its weekend gathering around reaching seekers, it's quite possible it has adopted some of the working assumptions I'm going to talk about on today's podcast. Programmatic arrangements that I want to argue actually turn the biblical shape of evangelism and mission upside down. So, how would you know if you're getting seeker sensitivity wrong, or how would you know? if your worship service is upside down. The first way is this, emphasizing feelings before and over doctrine. Many of us come from hard church backgrounds where doctrine was all that mattered and people were cold or harsh or uncaring about their neighbors. That's another way to be upside down. But in many evangelical communities today, we see a downplaying of theology and doctrinal truth to make way for personal feelings and relational connecting. The problems with this approach are numerous, but the two main problems I'd cite are these. Feelings about God, detached from knowledge of God, tend to reveal more that we are worshipers of feelings or worshipers of ourselves. Secondly, and just as serious perhaps, is the problem of expecting lost people to sing songs about their feelings about a God they don't believe in. Too many of our Sunday morning worship sets Get the cart of affections before the horse of belief. And this is all besides the persistent problem of singing theologically shallow or doctrinally vacuous songs to begin with. But just in terms of missional or evangelistic strategy, helping folks sing about how the God they don't believe in makes them feel is wrongheaded. It's upside down. Secondly, giving lost people religious homework is another way your worship service may be upside down. The dominant style of preaching in the so-called attractional or seeker-targeted worship service is usually of the practical application sort. In these sermons, teachers attempt to make the Bible more relevant, as if it's somehow irrelevant without our help, uh, but offering a weekly set of steps or tips to make Christianity more applicable to daily life. You will frequently see individual sermons or whole sermon series devoted to making life work or succeeding at home, or becoming a better whatever. This is not to say, of course, that the Bible is impractical or that there aren't lots of things to do in the Bible. The Bible is full of commands, and it's eminently practical and applicable to daily life. The problem we face, however, is that the practicality of Christianity is aimed solely at Christians. What I mean is, the expectation of obeying and pleasing God is placed on those who have a heart changed to desire obedience and the Holy Spiritual power to carry obedience out. In the seeker-oriented teaching, however, we direct a steady diet of how-to at people who have yet to receive a heart of want-to. Unbelievers should hear the commands and applications of God's designs, sure, but the primary thrust this application of the law has on unbelievers is one of conviction, not empowerment. In fact, the commands of the Bible whether they're of the don't-commit-adultery variety or the love-your-neighbor variety, have no power in themselves to help us. They can only tell us what to do or what not to do. They can't help us do them. 
No, the only thing the Bible calls power to save us, to transform us, to motivate us, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's a little strange to make sure the dominant thing lost people here in our church service is a list of things to do rather than the thing that's done. If your weekend teaching is heavy on how-tos for the lost, you're giving religious homework to a bunch of spiritual corpses. You might even be increasing the sin in your church with such a practice if Paul's words about the law arousing the trespass are to be taken seriously. Regardless, this is a philosophically and theologically upside-down way to do evangelism. Okay, let's take a coffee break and hear from our friends at Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest-growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu mdiv today. We're back. We're talking about church services that are upside down or how we might get seeker sensitivity wrong by putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. We've mentioned emphasizing feelings over doctrine, uh, giving lost people religious homework, and thirdly and finally, here's a biggie, offering a gospel invitation after a legal message. This is probably one of the primary ways the attractional church goes about the weekend preaching upside down. The pastor has spent 30 to 45 minutes encouraging a lost person to do a bunch of things that please God, and then afterward adds on an invitation to receive Jesus. This kind of heavy law added gospel message creates a kind of spiritual whiplash as a teacher now invites someone to believe something the teacher has not spent much time communicating and in fact has spent most of his time operating as if it's unnecessary. As I said before, the Bible assumes the kind of obedience to God that pleases God comes after our heart has been changed by grace. Simple religious behavior modification doesn't glorify God. It glorifies self. So if we preach a sermon on behavior modification and then try to invite people to receive grace, it seems disjointed or strange. It's like you've suddenly changed the subject. I remember once hearing a well-known attractional pastor preach a sermon directed at women in which he said over and over again that God finds them captivating. And the tone of the message honestly sounded like God worships women. He finds you breathtaking. He finds you captivating. Then at the end of the sermon, in an invitation to receive Jesus, the pastor said God would cover their ugliness and their shame. It struck me as very strange. It was a strange message tacked on to a sermon in which he had belabored how much God found women beautiful and captivating. And only now we learn he thinks that they're actually ugly and really need him. That's an extreme example, to be sure, but I think it's a fitting one. Given how much evangelical preaching these days treats hearers like they are good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like them, like they're beautiful, unique snowflakes with endless potential, 
and then wants to somehow segue into the utter emptiness and need we have apart from God. Wait a minute, we think. You just went on and on about how awesome I am. Now you're saying I'm not? It's upside down. This kind of sermon arrangement is also out of proportion to biblical teaching. In Paul's letters, for instance, he always begins with some kind of gospel proclamation. In length, it's usually scaled to the proportion of the letter itself. So, for instance, in Romans, the gospel story takes more chapters than it does in Colossians or Philippians. Then he moves on to the practical matters, because the practical matters flow from the grounding of our justification. Doing flows from being. But in so much attractional teaching, the tacked-on invitation seems to make being an afterthought to doing. It's upside down. So there you have it, three ways we may get seeker sensitivity wrong. Again, um, to restate the original point, um, our church services should certainly have the gospel present where lost people have the opportunity to receive and place their faith in Jesus Christ. We certainly are to be welcoming and hospitable in our worship gatherings. And of course, our community ought to be a gracious and welcoming community. But there are common ways we get the worship service upside down and get seeker sensitivity wrong emphasizing feelings before and over doctrine, giving lost people religious homework, and offering a gospel invitation after a heavy legal message. There you have it. Thanks for listening to the For the Church podcast. If you enjoy this episode and others, please recommend it to your friends, your family, your loved ones. Like us on iTunes. Share us on social media. Visit us online at ftc.co. For the church is online at ftc.co. May Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, managing editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.